This week, we are in Parshat Ve'etchanan. And we begin the Parsha with Moses pleading with God and begging to be allowed into the Promised Land, the place that he always dreamed of. It's his future, it's his utopia. And God, he yells right back at Moses, No, you cannot go in the land. Now at this point, being rejected, Moses, he turns back to the people of Israel, and he reminds the people of their mission in the world, and how all the nations of the world will realize in the future the wisdom and the greatness of the nation of Israel. Moses is obsessed with the future and what is across the valley in the land of Israel. The present almost seems as if it's not a part of his consciousness. And this is how much of the book of Deuteronomy is. It's a constant document visioning and talking about the future and what the world will be like. It is aspirational. And to be honest, I feel very comfortable in this type of narrative. This is the liturgy that we live in. We come to synagogue and we pray about how the world could be. When we leave here, when we get back to the work of trying to actualize the dream. But all year long, this feels like an intellectual endeavor, like a communal dramatic play. And if we all come together in Shabbat and we talk about how perfect the world could be, then hopefully we all have wrapped our mind around the concept and we're going to inch a little bit closer to it when we re-enter the world. But then, once a year, I step out of the intellectual and into a place where this utopia comes as close to existing as I could have ever imagined. And this is a place where I always feel for my very first few days there as if I'm taken aback and I'm confused because it is so dramatically different from the reality that I normally live in. It's a place where there is no class, no race, no money. Everyone is not only treated equally, but each individual person is loved and cared for, not by one person to the other, but by the entire community. People open up, and they let down their emotional walls. And on Kabbalat Shabbat, right now as I'm speaking, there are over a thousand people dressed in a sea of white, heading to services outside nestled in the trees overlooking the mountains. All thousand people are dressed in white just as we imagine the mystics in Svat, singing arm in arm and welcoming in Shabbat. And as their Shabbat services come to a close, they sing their way to a Sabbath meal, a dinner for a thousand people. As all thousand people, dressed in white, they finish the last brownies that they're given, drizzled in powdered sugar. They're sung out of the meal, and they roll like a river of white to the highest hill. And then they dance deep into the night, under the stars, with such an ecstatic energy the youngest children 
the eldest grandparent and the eldest great-grandparent radiate a deep and soulful smiles into the warm Shabbat night. This is the type of world that we talk about every single week in the synagogue and in our liturgy. And if you can believe this, this is happening right now, only an hour and a half from here, nestled in the mountains above Calistoga at URJ Camp Newman. Tonight, a large group of our members drove up earlier today for Shabbat, along with Rabbi Fenvis, who is spending the week there. We've had over 60 of our children in this idyllic setting this summer. And what shocks me every time I'm up there is the ability to actualize the dreams that we talk about. In the Bay Area, for example, we spent an entire year discussing how to have a civil discourse around the topic of Israel. Many people in our community are afraid to bring up Israel because what if it's polarizing? At Camp Newman, over 30 Israelis have flown out from Israel to spend the summer with our kids so that Israel is not just something on the news, but Israel is somebody we get to know and someone we can ask the hard questions to. The intimacy has led our children to covering their bunks with Israeli flags and showing a public love and pride rarely seen in our own community. Every year I hear parents tell me that it was only after their children's returns from camp that their children talked about loving being Jewish. It became a deep part of who they are. Kids go to camp and time and time again they say that camp is the only place that they can truly be themselves, where they're loved, embraced, and totally accepted, quirks and all. A recent study by sociologist Stephen M. Cohn, he shows that Jewish campers grew up to be connected to Jewish life and identify proudly within the Jewish community as adults. Quote, the analysis indicates that they bring, first of all, an increased inclination to practice Jewish behaviors in their lives, from Shabbat candle lighting to using Jewish websites and to appreciate the value of Jewish charity. They bring an increased inclination to value and seek out the experience of Jewish community, whether in the immediate sense of joining other Jews in prayer or in the more abstract sense of identifying with fellow Jews in Israel. Many people ask and wonder where this magic comes from. What occurs in these hills that touches the souls of our children so deeply? And the answer is simple. It always has been. For the days, the weeks, the months our children spend at Camp Newman, Judaism is not just something that occurs when they're dropped off at the shul or when they light candles on Friday night. Judaism comes alive when it is experienced in each breath of the day. The liturgy, it guides us to welcome in the stranger, the person who is left out. At camp, this is not just read, but it's lived. The most awkward and quiet child is brought in by the other kids to make sure that he is a part of the we. When our Torah portion this week talks about what a great nation we will be, those words are taken literally. And there's an expectation from each of our children to make their community the dream they imagined it could be.
We've been doing this for generations. But as we have entered larger and larger societies and have become more assimilated, we rarely live in Jewish time and rarely keep our communal Jewish values at the forefront of our minds. Arnold Eisen, the chancellor of the Jewish Theological Seminary, he writes, quote, For once in these kids' lives, Jewishness is not something they are or do off to the side of life, in Hebrew school or synagogue. It's not a subject for debate, but simply there, taken for granted, a part of what happens 24-7. Beginning in the 1920s, Jewish summer camps began to focus on giving the children a place where they could live Jewishly from when they awoke to when they slept, in canoes, on the ball field, in the pool, and in the dining hall. The unintended consequence is that we haven't created enclaves that took our prayer book and our Torah and our prophetic writings as a blueprint and we built cathedrals of values and ethics and time amongst the trees and the mountains. Our community's cathedral is only 90 minutes from here. I have two requests. First, if you have children, send your children to URJ Camp Newman. If you have grandchildren, send them. If you have great-grandchildren, send them. If you have a close relationship with Jewish children in our community, urge them to go. Camp Newman is an integral part of ensuring the next generation of Jewish leaders and the health and the depth of our children's souls. My second request is next year for you to go to camp for Shabbat. There's going to be nine Shabbats next year when you can go. All you need to do is to call them up on the phone and say, I'm coming for Shabbat, and I'm telling you they are going to be thrilled. It doesn't matter if you have children or if you don't have children. This sacred place is ours. And I cannot stress how important it is to step out of the blueprint of our prayer book and into a place that viscerally tries to actualize the blueprint. This week's Parsha, it talks about the present and what the future could be. Kip Newman is where we step into the past to see our future. Our past is the world our sages dreamed of. And our future is this generation dancing under the stars, living Jewish values and ethics. Our future is the next generation preparing to move the world from how it is to how we always dreamed it could be by living it for nine magical weeks every summer. When Rabbi Shefa Gold reads this week's Parsha of Etchanan and sees God yell no at Moses when he's begging to go into the Israel and experience the world he always dreamed of, Rabbi Gold points out that God says, Ravlach, you have so much. And God instructs Moses then to climb to the top of the mountain and to get a clear view in all directions so that he might see and know that he has already arrived. The promise has already been fulfilled. For us, our challenge is that we often look to the future and we never notice how blessed we are in the present or how close we are to the world we have always dreamed of. Rav Lachnu, 
We have so much, and we are so blessed. Shabbat Shalom.